Welcome to another episode of the Unfiltered Coach Podcast. Excited for the show today. We're going to be diving in on one of the most frequently asked questions that we get, and it is all around, where do I start when I'm starting my coaching business? One of the things I've heard lately, and I know you've heard lately as well, Laura, is coaches just get certified. They want to get going. They want to break out onto their own. And they just don't know what that first step is that they need to take. And one that I heard yesterday was a coach, you know, she was commenting on just getting her first client. She's like, you know, I I just don't know what to do. What do I do? (laughs) So we're going to dive in on that topic today. But before we jump in there, we have just launched our brand new community, the Momentum Lab community. So if you want to jump in, we are helping empower coaches to redefine success within their coaching business. So head on over to MomentumLab.community. That'll be linked up in the show notes. But uh, Laura, I will let you take it from here. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking to a lot of coaches in the DMs lately and over and over and over and over again, if they're a coach that's just getting into their business, they keep saying, Laura, I don't know where to start. I just got certified. I have to do all of these things. I just got my LLC. I just got this. I just got that. And I don't know how to put it all together and make sense of all of it. So I thought it'd be fun to do a podcast on what we would do if we were starting from square one, having had made all the mistakes we've made and, you know, blundered around for many years trying to piece it all together ourselves. I thought it'd be cool just to give them the blueprint on what we would really do, honestly, if we had to start over. Yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you said LLC, and I've talked to some coaches, and they they don't even know what that word is. <laughs> so it, it's going to be great. And I've been asked this same question on podcasts as well. And I think just to kind of preface this, if I were to go and do it all again, I don't know if I would change a whole lot because mm-hmm. I think that making mistakes is part of the game. Yeah. We need to make mistakes. We need to failure or fail. And I think it's really, really important for coaches breaking into the space to know that that is 100% okay. It is to be expected. And you actually want to do it mm-hmm. because you need to go through these experiences in order to learn, in order to better yourself. So why don't you kick it off with number one? Yeah, I mean, before I do, I couldn't agree more. I think failure is such an important part of it. Um, it that's not on my list, actually. But like, to iterate on that is failure is something that you should expect, You know, and I think if I had to go back and change my mindset, I would not expect myself to be perfect. I would expect failure to be a part of the process. And I think just in making that mental shift, I would have, you know, foregone a lot of heartache, a lot of frustration and a lot of um, lack of confidence in myself. You know, I would have just taken that with in stride and really learned from those failures rather than allowed them to stall me out. Right. But my first point was actually getting really clear on who I want to serve. But more importantly, and we've talked about this a lot, why I want to serve them. When I first got going, I remember just wanting to serve everyone. And this is so common for a lot of new coaches. They just get into the space and it's very noble to say, I don't want to exclude anyone. I can help anyone. Well, no, you can't, nor should you. And that's okay. You know, it's okay to say, no, I really want to help these types of people and feel really good about that because then that becomes your area of genius, right? You can really grow and evolve inside of that little unique pocket rather than just trying to 
to flounder with your messaging, with finding your voice and feeling really aligned with your with your path. Yeah, I think watching you throughout your career when you started and you were getting your your education and your exercise physiology cert, you knew who you wanted to help. Yeah. You wanted to help a very specific niche of people and then there wasn't any jobs there. <laughs> you pivoted and then you weren't helping those people. Right. Exactly. Yeah, totally. I mean, just to back up, I I got out of school and I wanted to help children who were obese. I wanted to work in pediatric obesity or in obesity in some way, shape or form. I wanted to work with the chronic population. And, you know, I thought that would have been so cool. And like Landon said, I had, there were no jobs, which is whatever. Um, that's great actually, cause it led me to where we are now. But when I didn't have that clear focus, I did kind of just feel like I was floundering. It's like, well, whatever. I'll just like dabble and, you know, help a bunch of people until that job becomes available, which it never, ever did, um, which is fine. But it wasn't until I really got clear on who lit me up and who I felt the most aligned working with that I that my career really started to skyrocket. Yeah. And that took time and it took yeah. almost kind of like self-exploration. And it's, you know, over the years, it's become narrower and narrower and narrower. And now you know exactly who that person is, especially when it comes to the nutrition side of things, because you're doing both now, yeah. you know, you're mentoring coaches, but you still hold a small roster of nutrition clients yeah. and your who you help with that is extremely specific. And yeah. I think, you know, the, that is a beautiful thing to be able to have now. And it, it's kind of funny because when I think back on, on my journey, when I decided to get certified as a trainer, you know, originally I, I did know who I wanted to help. I was seeing the guys in the gym that would, they'd be there every single morning or on every Saturday and they were, they trained semi hard, but <laughs> you know, years would go by and they didn't see any change. Yeah. You know, they were there, they were training, they wanted to lose weight and you know, we know that they probably were not eating properly, which is why. And then I got certified and I said, I can help these people actually see some results. But I had no idea how to actually translate that into it. It was, I want to help these people. I got certified and then it was like, well, I don't really know what to do now. <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, really finding your voice, I think would have helped you a lot, you know, understanding how to communicate with them because, you know, you saw them, but you were never really them. You don't really know how they thought because you've always been an athlete at heart. You've always trained really hard in the gym. You've always been very focused in the gym. So knowing the pains that they were going through and the struggles that they had, you know, it would have served you to just take a step back, stand in their shoes, or even talk to some of them and say, okay, how can I communicate with you so that you don't just think I'm being a total douche? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that leads me to another thing on this same point for, you know, people getting started is you, you need to be okay with this evolving with time. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, they have no idea who they're targeting. So it gives them a, a, they have a lack of direction. Right. So you need to maybe start with who you want to help. And then that's going to give you some direction. It's going to help you solidify your messaging and who you're talking to and who you're trying to target, solidifying your skill set and actually being able to get them results. Mm -hmm. But then understand that that's going to change. So many people are afraid of, you know, zeroing in on a niche 
because they think it's going to exclude people. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the point. Yeah. You know, if we try and speak to everybody, we eventually, we are speaking to no one. But understand it's going to change. The people that we specifically help were not the people we set out to help in the first place. Mm-hmm. It simply happened by time, the people who we truly found our pa- passion and purpose to help as well as the people that started to become attracted to us as well were the people that really started to get results. And all of this was just came with time and you have to be open to that. And I think that is a very big distinction for people is start with who you want to help because you probably don't understand who that's going to be right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And then just simply know that this is going to evolve and it should. And if it doesn't, you're probably not evolving as a coach. Right. Yeah, totally. I think too, just to sum this first point up is, you know, inside of all of this, really getting clear on your why first will help guide this process. You know, who you help is going to evolve, like Landon said, but your why, you know, that's inside of you that's going to always be there. And that can change as well, for sure. I know mine definitely has over the years, but not to as as much of a degree. You know, I think getting really clear around how you want to feel inside of your coaching practice and the success that you want to experience, not financially, but otherwise is, is really important to guide that process and make sure that when you're reaching out to clients or they're reaching out to you, you know, you're viewing that through an open lens and you're open to it changing. Right. Um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah. Let's jump into number two. Okay, cool. I think this is a perfect segue, actually, because we were talking about finding your voice, crafting your message and attracting your niche to you. A big part of this that I really wish I would have known earlier on is to start telling stories more often. You know, I think when I started to really relate to my audience is when I really got good at sharing more about me and my stories and really understanding what my signature story was and why that was meaningful, you know? So you're here for a reason, you know, you're a coach for a reason. You have a story. Um, you probably think, yeah, but it's not special. You know, it's just like an ordinary story until you tell it to someone else. And they're like, no, that's a really powerful story. Right. So getting comfortable, not being, bashful about telling your story, even if it's just to yourself in the beginning and picking out key components of that story that you can use to fuel your message to your niche. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I did a very extensive training on this in our community. uh, I believe it was yesterday and just talking about how your story is one of the things that makes you most unique about what you do. We're in an industry where a lot of us are offering the very, very similar services, just like minute differences from coach to coach. We're all helping people lose weight. We're doing it through exercise and we're doing it through nutrition. However, where you can really start to differentiate yourself and your message and who you attract is by you. Like you, as you're listening to this, you are the most unique thing about your business and you're what's really going to set you apart from the coach next to you that your prospective client is looking at. Mm -hmm. You need to tell your story so that person is going to be able to connect with you on a much deeper level. Mm -hmm. They're going to be able to, you know, find commonality between your experiences, the way you deliver your message, the things you have struggled with that they struggle with as well. And that is really how you can really start to attract your tribe. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I know there's a lot of coaches out there who are thinking like, well, I've never struggled with my weight, so my story doesn't matter. And that's not true. You know, neither had I. And, you know, there's, there are certain 
bits of your story that your, your ideal client will relate to. And it comes down to your character, you know, your resilience, your confidence, your whatever. Those are traits that your client wants that you have that you didn't always embody. Tell that story. How did you become that way? And that will really soak those clients into your roster. Right. Um, There's my third point also to this that I think relates back to even point number one was, you know, setting targets around your why in terms of not financially related. So making sure that your success targets have to do more with how you're feeling inside your coaching practice and who it is you're working with rather than that financial target that everyone starts out in the industry with. Yeah, I think to add to that, I think that redefining success is so important because if we're just chasing those arbitrary numbers, when we achieve that quote unquote success, oftentimes we're simply left unfulfilled. Yeah. So if we can simply start to redefine what we classify as success and then also those having those arbitrary numbers be in line with helping us achieve things that bring fulfillment. So just as an example, you know, I've helped a handful of people leave their full-time jobs and enter into the coaching full-time, which has allowed them to, you know, increase freedom within their life and increase their flexibility and all of these things that bring them fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So the targets we set on the number side of things, we're allowing them to be able to leave their full-time job. So you can see if we can start to redefine the things we classify as becoming successful in our eyes it can lead to a much bigger outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And that's not to say that the financial goals aren't important. You know, I think that the financial goals are very important because finances or profit of profitability amplifies the person that you are. It amplifies the choices that you have in the life that you want to live. So my fourth tip is to prioritize your revenue generating tasks first. This is something I did not do for many years. I would just make lists upon lists upon lists of shit I had to do. And I always felt behind. I always felt lost. And my revenue generating tasks were always the last thing to do because they were the most uncomfortable. You know, I was dreading them the most. So I would just save them to the end of the day and then they would bop over onto my schedule for the next day. And I think this is common for a lot of coaches. And when I say revenue generating tasks, like, oh my God, five years ago, I wouldn't even know what you were talking about, you know? So when I say revenue generating tasks, what does that mean for you? You know, for me right now, um, a big one is simply creating conversations. You know, it can be, they don't need to be super complex when we're talking revenue generating habits. But one of the most important things is if you are not creating connections and conversations each week, you're not selling anyone. Mm -hmm. If you're not talking to anybody, you're not generating any clients. So you need to stop, you know, focusing on hope marketing and hoping people are going to come to you. Get off your ass and go and create these connections and create these conversations Because if you're not, you are not going to be selling anybody. So like right now, that's probably the easiest thing everybody can do is first thing in the morning is starting creating conversations. Don't use social media as entertainment. Use it for business to create connection and conversation. Yeah. I mean, I always say, um, you know, create before you consume connect before you consume as well, right? Make sure that you're creating and you're connecting before you're consuming anything on social media because it's so easy to get sucked into that hole and like not know how to pull yourself out of it and then feel like you are on social media except you are doing nothing productive in that time. So making sure you are prioritizing the creation and the connection over the consumption and that will really, really help you um, move your business forward financially ultimately. And if you're not really sure how to start those conversations, you actually have a 
freebie on how to do that, right? Where do they find that again? MyDMSecrets.com. Yeah, cool. So you can grab that there. It's just a downloadable. Aladdin goes through how to send DMs effectively so it doesn't feel spammy or salesy or awkward and really uh, generate those conversations authentically and in a way that feels really good to you, right? Um, Okay, my last one, and then you can add to this list. These are just my top five, but start creating content now. Like start getting in front of the camera, practicing being in front of the camera, getting comfortable in front of the camera or start writing, you know, get really good at writing and, you know, don't be afraid just to put out shit, even if it's not exactly the way you want it. Be open to feedback and start iterating your process so that, you know, a year from now it's smooth like butter and you don't have to worry about that part of it. This is something that so many coaches put off and put off and put off that I really wish I would have dove headfirst into three years ago. Yeah. You need to understand that it is going to suck at the start. <laughs> yeah. But we get we fall into comparison and it comes into your last point. You need to create before you consume because what happens is you start to go and you follow these people that are professional professional YouTubers and they've got this amazing lighting and they've got all the nice editing and all these transitions or the perfect photographer edited photo and you're like, well, mine aren't going to look that good. Yeah. So then we don't do it. Yeah. You just need to do it. You need to get your story out. Every single person has a story and you need to get that message out there. And the longer you wait to do it, you're just handcuffing your success. Yeah. But on the same note, you need to understand that just like it's going to take time to refine your message, publishing is just as much for you as it is for the people you're trying to reach. That was my point. You need to publish so that you can refine your message. You can find your voice. You can get all of those. If I go back, the first few podcasts I did, man, they were awful. (laughs) You know, when I first started writing, you know, getting on IG and writing captions, they would take forever. And now I can write them super quick because I've refined that skill. Yeah. The only way you're going to get better at doing this stuff is by doing it more and more and more yeah. and then you're going to they're going to suck and then they're going to suck less and then they're going to be half decent and then they're going to be mediocre and then they'll be decent and then all of a sudden you're going to start to be changing fucking people's lives yeah yeah but only with practice yeah totally i was talking to this guy on facebook today actually and he had downloaded one of my free trainings he was like man, how did you record like a 15 minute video without stopping even once? And he sent me a clip of one of the videos he'd done. And it was like every two seconds, it was like a glitch in the video. He was obviously editing editing it every two to three seconds. But it was actually really funny. Like he has a good personality. I was like, dude, just lean into that. Like don't edit them so much. Just embrace the mess ups because people will resonate with that. People don't want a perfect coach. They don't want someone who's just like, blabbering about scientific facts and has all these studies memorized and whatever. They don't want that. They want a human. They want someone who understands them. They want someone who can laugh at their mistakes. They want someone who can help them the way that they need help, right? So um, yeah, embrace the mess. Just take messy action and, and start putting shit out there. Exactly. Embrace who you are. Embrace your uniqueness. You know, uh, Laura and I have a friend who was fairly robotic and had some very focused on scientific fact, you know, videos a while back. And we said, dude, just roll with it. Like get a fucking lab coat and just <laughs> embrace like the scientist. If that is, if you are super skilled there, you know, lean in. 
and don't be scared. You got to jump in. You're going to change. You might try something and you might not, it might not work, but just try things, iterate, learn, have fun with all of this because at the end of the day, you need to be enjoying what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree. I think that's really important. Were there any points that you had that I didn't mention? Like what would you do if you had to start your business over again? Is there anything you'd change? I think the the big ones are going to be creating more connections early on. And we, we talked about this on Instagram, but even offline as well. We, we're going to get further together than we mm-hmm. are alone. And we need to understand that there is enough people that need help for all of us. Yeah. We have no need to be competing with one another. Lean in, create relationships because you're going to be able to leverage them at some point in time. Be willing to give for free. Don't worry about charging for every little thing that you do. Mm-hmm. So like connections, publishing, like, man, it's so important. You know, I came from an internet marketing background. So publishing was something that was very common to me. So I did it early on, but I wish I would have done more of it. Yeah. And then, you know, just like you said, those revenue generating tasks first, Mm -hmm. for the longest time I was a procrastinator. So I would prioritize all of the monotonous things first thing in the morning, like scrolling Instagram, checking email. And then you all of a sudden just fall into this you know, black hole of things that do not move you forward. Yeah. You need to start off the day with things that are driving your business forward and then time block in those other things. Like if I set aside 30 minutes to plow through my email, man, I am very efficient. Mm-hmm. But if I give myself three hours, I'll, I'll read like two and I'll be like, oh, I'll come back to this later. Yeah. You know, start becoming more efficient with your time. Yeah. No, I think those are really great. So what was the link again for people to join up in the lab if they want to be a part of our action taking community? Yeah. So if you're ready to take action, you want to get started and you just need a little bit of guidance, head to momentumlab.community. I'll link that up in the show notes. Well, that is that link is going to be your invitation to join. And uh, we would love to see you in there to start creating massive, massive transformation and helping you redefine success. Cool. Can't wait to see you in there. We'll see you next week. See ya.